Well, I want to start our um, next message in the Identity Theft series with a little bit of a confession, and we're a little bit tight-knit group, so I hope you won't judge me too much. Um, But the truth is, ever since I was a little kid, I've been obsessed with a series of movies. Not Jurassic Park, but the Rocky series. I'm being dead serious. When I was a little kid, I would like train in my basement thinking that one day I might be a boxer. I got a heavy bag, I got a speed bag, and I was awful. But I really did do it, and each time that I'd get ready to work out, I'd turn on the Rocky, either the theme song, which, by the way, I've also ran up the steps of Philadelphia that he did. I did that one time. I'm telling you, I promise you, I wanted to be Rocky. I loved Rocky so much. I loved the movies. And anyone here that if you haven't seen it, you need to like go buy the videotape. Not the DVD, not on iTunes. Get the videotape. Get the real deal experience. One of the six movies. Just don't watch the fifth one because it's terrible. Okay? But anyway, Rocky movies. Rocky movies. um, They were my favorite growing up. I listened to the theme track, theme song. I would walk different places and I'd have my Walkman. Anybody remember that? Walkman or my CD player playing Eye of the Tiger. Yes, that was my walk-up song in baseball. I loved it, Eye of the Tiger. But you know, the thing I loved most about Rocky is that he was an overcomer, wasn't he? He overcame being an outsider, barely able to box. He overcame Apollo Creed and became the world heavyweight champ. He overcame Mr. T and that hairdo. He overcame him in Rocky Three. By himself, Rocky overcame communism. Did you know that? By himself. He, when he fought against Ivan Drago in Russia, the Cold War ended after they won. They hugged, they made up. It was all good after that. I know, seriously, yeah, just, just play along with me. But then also, eventually, the last one, Rocky Balboa, he overcame old age. And I thought that was so cool. Like He came back like one more time, and I was just like, yes. Thank you, Sly. I appreciate that. But you know, the thing is, you might not like it as much as I did or do, but I think that you do like underdog stories. I think that you like those overcomer, feel-good stories. And the truth is, sometimes they're so unrealistic, aren't they? The Rocky movies, it was so unrealistic. Like, every time, he would be, like, almost beat into a coma, then he'd come back to life and win. And that's just kind of unrealistic, isn't it? Because the truth is, overcomer stories are rare because they don't like to tell you this in school, but the house usually wins. There's a reason that people bet on the Yankees and the Patriots and Floyd Mayweather, which I don't like any of them, but they always win. They always win. And anytime that someone overcomes them, it's a big deal because it's so rare. You know, I believe that there are two types of people in the world, those who are overcomers and those who are overcome by life. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like a mix of both. And the ones that really overcome the hardest obstacles in their life, they're a rare breed. It's not very often that they do that. And when they do, we celebrate it. You know, we're continuing this identity theft series. And and I think I've, I've learned a lot. I hope that you have too. But our main thing that we've been trying to learn is that who are we really? And the truth is that our identity can be lost or stolen when we don't find our identity in Christ. 
There are circumstances, there are disappointments, there are doubts, there are just depressing events. There's discouragement that happens and it threatens to rob us of our identity. And I wanna just start out this morning by looking at one of Jesus's best friend. His name was John. He wrote something that I hope that it'll be encouraging as we start this Overcomer series today. Everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? The one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. I like that verse a lot. Notice that it doesn't say that we can become overcomers or we should be overcomers. It actually says we are overcomers, just as we are. We don't have to be rocky, be some underdog story. We are overcomers. But as I say that to you this morning, the truth is that I don't always feel like an overcomer. Right now in this moment, I do not feel like an overcomer. I feel more like the person that's overcome by the world. How about you? How do you feel right now? Do you feel like an overcomer? Do you feel like a person that's overcome by what's going on in your life? Today we're continuing the story of a guy named Joseph. And we've been talking each week about his life. And his life is so crazy. It's like a roller coaster up and down, around. It's, it's like one day he's in the pit, another day he's in prison, then he's in the palace. I mean, it's just, it's like a yo-yo. His life is crazy. But there, throughout all of that up and down stuff, there is a phrase, there is a verse, there is a quote that really, I think, directed Joseph's life. And it was something that was spoken to his grandfather, his great-grandfather, Abraham. And it says in Genesis in the Bible, the Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered in the midst of all that junk. And I wanna read to you what was said that helped him prosper no matter what. Joseph's grandfather, this is what God said to him. It says, I will bless you and you will be a blessing and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Let me read that one more time. I will bless you and you will be a blessing and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Last night, I saw this movie. It's called Unbroken. Have you seen that before? It's about a real life guy, American hero, that he, um, he was a, a bomber in, um, in the war a long time ago. I want to say it was World War II. I'm sorry. I'm a little bit tired. Um, don't remember the exact details. Anybody can help, anybody help me out? Was it World, World War II? Thank you so much. World War II, he was a bomber, and his, his plane goes down, and eventually he is out in the sea for like 47 days, and then he's eventually taken captive and put in prison. And then he has to overcome all these obstacles. And I feel like, you know, Angelina Jolie could have done a little bit better to like show his real life story, but she tried and uh, I applaud her for that. And the phrase that came to me from his life that his brother said to him that changed his life, that helped him get through all the ups and downs, just like Joseph had this phrase, is if I can take it, I can make it. If I can take it, I can make it. And if you've seen the movie, he takes a lot of punishment, and in the end, he makes it. And I need to tell you that it talks about how that's like the power of the human spirit, but I believe that this man, he had this moment, maybe you've seen the movie or read the book, 
where he says, God, if you will just get me through this, I will dedicate my life to you. And he makes this deal with God. I don't know if you've ever made a deal with God before, but that's what he did. And if you read more about his life story, he believed that God brought him through that situation for a reason. And for the rest of his life, he told his story about being an overcomer, not because of how strong he was, but because of how strong God was in him. And in Joseph's life, I will bless you and you will be a blessing and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. That's what he remembered through all the stuff that went on in his life. And like I said, he ends up in prison as a prisoner. And I can't imagine what that'd be like to be in prison for something that you didn't do wrong. Let me read you this verse. But while Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. I think it's crazy that two times, I read this verse to you before, and I don't know if you noticed it, but I hope you did that time, that while he was in prison or while he was in this mess, that the Lord was with him. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I'm going through a mess, I don't feel like God's necessarily with me. I feel like he's turned his back a little bit or he's closing his eyes or he's taking a lunch break. But it says in the Bible that the whole time the Lord was with him. And we're gonna talk about that. While he was in prison, there was a couple of people that had influence outside of the prison and they had dreams that Joseph interpreted and it changed the course of their lives. One of them died and one of them was restored to their position with the Pharaoh. And there comes this time when Pharaoh has dreams and he needs an interpreter and, and the person says, hey, I know a guy. And so he brings him forward. I'm just catching you up a little bit. And when he interprets this dream, Pharaoh says, I'm gonna make you the vice president. You've got the interpretation of that. I want you to lead the country. And so because of this uh, Pharaoh understanding the situation, he puts him in charge and Egypt actually becomes the hunger relief capital of the world because of Joseph. And as we pick up in Joseph's life today, we come to find out that there's some people that are looking for food from another country and it happens to be Joseph's brothers. And it says that his brothers came forward, and I wanna read this Bible verse to you. It says, Joseph recognized his brothers, but they didn't recognize him. He changed his appearance. He's gotten older. He's probably wearing Egyptian clothing. But I, the stage is set for this great story of revenge. And I feel like as soon as I see the, I'm like reading this this week, I'm like, okay, I'm envisioning the brothers coming in and Joseph's right there. And all of a sudden, Taylor Swift's Bad Blood comes on. That's the song that I hear. I'm not gonna sing it for you because I'm really bad, but just get it in your head. So Bad Blood's going on. And all of a sudden, he has this moment where he could like end their life. And he doesn't do that, but he does treat them roughly. It says in, in scripture, he spoke roughly to them and he said, you're spies. And he tried to treat them badly a little bit, like not as bad as he could have, but man, wouldn't you have done worse? Wouldn't you have been tempted to like get retaliation for all those years that all those struggles that your brother, your brothers put you in that bad position, but he doesn't. And it says, instead, he's gonna do something different. He's gonna take you back to that time that he got put in the pit, and he's gonna take one of the brothers and put him in prison as collateral and say, hey, I want you to go back to my dad and get the youngest brother 
who is now the favorite in his household. Joseph was the favorite. Remember, he's got that rainbow coat, cool coat, whatever it exactly looked like. And that was like the favorite thing. And once he was sold into slavery, Benjamin became the new favorite. How many youngest kids do I have in the audience? Youngest um, in your family? Yeah. So I'm the oldest, and I don't like you, you know, because you get everything you ever wanted. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I felt like oldest a lot of times I got to be the favorite, but other times, you know how it is, those of you who didn't raise your hand, sometimes the baby gets everything. And that's what happened in Benjamin's life. So much so that his dad was like, you're not leaving. You can get married, but like, you're gonna have your family in my house. Don't leave my side no matter what. I already lost my favorite son. I don't wanna lose you too. I'm gonna be a protective parent. But Joseph says, if you wanna get your brother back, you're gonna have to bring him. And so imagine that Joseph's brothers have to go back and tell their father more bad news. And they're responsible for it. They're not lying this time, saying that they found his coat and it was all bloody. No, they're saying, we've got to do something about this. How many times have you ever had to like go home and tell someone some bad news that you were partially responsible for? Yesterday, true story. I'm having, we're having my son's third birthday party. And my in-laws, my mother-in-law and father-in-law got a jump castle or a bounce house, whatever you want to call it. It was the coolest thing ever. And so before all the kids got there, I knew that I wasn't going to get to like spend much time with Will because he'd be hanging out with his friends. And so we went inside the bounce house, the jump castle, and we're playing around. And I know like even though this is really big, I'm kind of big too. I'm not a little kid. So I don't want to like jump around and, you know, get too crazy. So I just sat there. Remember that. I just sat there. Nothing else, no bouncing. But as I'm coming out, I kind of like went too fast. And before I knew it, the whole thing came down. And I felt like the biggest Mr. Fatty Fat in the world. <laughs> That's what I felt. I'm like, oh no, I just ruined the entire party. And it wouldn't come out no matter what I did. I was like trying to push it up, like, just get up. You know, I tried to check the pump, everything. Nothing would happen. So I'm like walking back. I'm like, what am I gonna tell my father-in-law? I just messed up this party for my son, his grandson. They paid for it. Ah! <laughs> and so I go in there and I'm like, I think I messed it up. I don't, I don't know, like, if it was me. I felt so awkward. You know that awkward feeling like, I think I'm responsible. I hope I'm not. I'm just gonna be real and say, hey, I messed this up. Well, he calls the person, and it was a quick fix, and I just want you to know, it wasn't all my fault, okay? But, yeah, I know, thanks. But, like, the, the moral of that story is, like, I felt awkward about having to take responsibility for something that caused harm for my little boy. I'm gonna ruin this party for all the kids. And in Joseph's life, his brothers had to go home and tell his dad some more bad news, and imagine how awkward they felt. And it takes like three to six months time, if you look and try to really understand the story, for them to tell the truth. Their brother's in prison the whole time. But Jacob, their father, eventually when he hears the truth, he gives in and he lets Benjamin accompany them to Egypt. And when Joseph sees them return and sees his youngest brother, he has this moment where he can come clean. And after six months, of terrorizing his brother that's in prison and the other brothers that are back at home, 
He could have just came clean. But instead, Joseph hurried out. This is what the Bible says. For his compassion grew warm for his brother, and he sought a place to weep. He felt bad for what he'd been doing. Joseph breaks down. And you know, when I see what he did back to his brothers, I think to myself, sometimes Joseph's the overcomer, and other times he's overcome by his anger. He's not perfect. None of us are either. But eventually, in chapter 45, if you read the story of Joseph in Genesis, he has a chance and he actually reveals his true identity to his brothers. And the brother who they betrayed, they thought they'd never see again, is now the vice president of the, the most powerful country in the world. And he looks at them and he says this, you meant this for evil, but God meant it for good. Now, when he reveals himself to his brothers, they think that they're dead. But Joseph says, you know what? I can understand what the mission is now, that my family and this country is in so much famine, and they're, they're all gonna die, but God placed me here for a reason so I can help them live. And I'm not going to retaliate. I'm actually gonna forgive. It boggles my mind that Joseph, in that moment where he could have got him back, sucker punch, whatever, he does the right thing and he can say, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Now, I really wanna talk about what this statement can mean for us in our lives for the remainder of our time. So-and-so meant it for harm, but God meant it for good. And I'm self-aware enough to understand that everyone here either has, like are, or will encounter a really tough situation in their life where they feel like harm is being done to them or that you've done harm to another. And what I'm not saying is God didn't want or intend or cause the bad stuff to happen to him. I actually believe that when God saw this happening, he wasn't happy that Joseph was in the predicament that he was in, but he said, I can still use this. It's not so bad that I can't still use it. Yes, I'm mad at the brothers because they did the wrong thing, but I can still use this. I can still make a good thing out of this mess. And God wanted to do good for him and through Joseph as well. And it means that Joseph, despite all that he'd been through, abused by his brothers, sold into slavery, living in a different culture, falsely accused of a crime he didn't commit, that God can use that. And it's so hard for me to speak that out loud because I really believe it, but sometimes there's stuff in my life and in your lives and friends' lives where I'm tempted to like not. And I'm tempted to lose my identity and get really upset or so get really down. But we don't have to be overcome. God can use Listen, I'm saying this as much to myself as I am to you, that God can use everything in our lives to make us overcomers. I'm saying this with you, not to you, please. He uses it all, and he makes Joseph an overcomer. 
if he's willing to see himself that way. And this is the really like the turning point, point for us because we either believe it or we don't because God makes this claim that he can use anything for our good. Romans 8, 28, and it's in the New Testament. Paul says that God works all things together for our good, for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So he says it in the Old Testament, he backs it up in the New, and he says that I can use it all. And for me, as I'm, pre- oh, excuse me, as I'm preparing this message this week and as I'm looking like really hard at my life, and what's been going on with my wife, the question comes up, Josh, do you really believe what you're about to tell these people? And I had to pray about it. You know, I have to say, like, I do believe it, but everything that's in front of me right now is saying don't believe it. And I believe that that's where faith comes in, that that's where faith comes in that I say, you know what? The story's not over. And I'm not going to lose my identity because of a bad circumstance in the temporary. Because you know what? God has done so much for us already. He's not gonna leave us here now. You know, based on how our lives have gone and the choices that we've made, we either see ourselves as overcome or overcomers. And will we choose to believe that I am who God says I am, that I'm an overcomer and I'm not how I necessarily feel? It begins with an understanding that God is with us no matter what. And I need to say that, and I'm so glad that there's such a, such a drastic, um, like it's really cool, like young and old and everywhere in between is here. Like regardless of how old you are, how young you are, God is with you no matter what. What? And that means so much more when you know that like God is alongside you, like right beside you, taking the pain right with you. And he's celebrating with you. And he's for you. All of us. He's for you. John, I I opened it up with it at the beginning of this message. He was Jesus' best friend and he later wrote You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them. This is one of my favorite verses, and I'm 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 just trying to, like, tattoo this on my heart. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Now, I know that, like, blended together real quick, so let me say it again. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. God is greater than any struggle disappointment, discouragement, doubt that we have gone through, are going through, will go through. And I need you like, just the same way I wanna do for you. We need to take this moment right here and when we're down, remember it and say, you know what, Josh, you said that and you believed it then. Do you still believe it? And I'll do the same for you. Do you still believe that God wants you to overcome what you're going through? I hope the answer will be yes. You know, I was thinking about this woman's life that she was also an overcomer like Joseph, and I wanted to tell you about her life. Her name is Joni Erickson Tata, and she's taught me so much that when she was 17 years old, she was diving into this pool, and she was left 
paralyzed from the shoulders down, and she's lived 40 lives, 40 years, over 40 years of her life in a wheelchair, and some people, they've seen it as a curse, but she has seen it as a blessing. Wow. This wheelchair where she's stuck, she says that she's not there to do nothing and to like be mad at God like there's a purpose for her life even in this wheelchair. And I think it's so inspiring, isn't it? When someone that's going through pain that can say that and believe and show us that God still has a plan for their life. This is what she says. I don't think I would be as patient. I don't think I would care about other people's needs, but this wheelchair, I think, has been God's way of turning my life inside out and jerking my priorities and values right side up. She is a modern-day Joseph that, in our minds, didn't deserve what she got. Joseph didn't deserve to be sold into slavery. He didn't deserve to be in prison. He didn't deserve all the junk that happened. But we have the chance, like right now, to figure out in our own lives if we really believe this part of our identity as Christians. And maybe, just maybe, you're exploring faith right now and you're saying, this is the whole reason I don't believe in God. Because there's so much pain. And I would say, yes, there is. Now, the only difference is the perspective of the person that's going through it or seeing it, that truly believes. And I realize what I'm saying is like hard to accept because there's always so much just drama and problems. But like if we can see the perspective that like God can work it out for our good, and he is, and all of the problems in our lives, like the stuff that we have to encounter, he's making us more like Jesus through it. Because like when we decided to go public with our faith, as we say around here, we were saying, I want to become less of me and more of Jesus. And I have to tell you, this is like the most unpopular part of becoming a Christian is that if you want to be like Jesus, there will be some suffering. There will be some suffering. But you can make it through. and I can make it through. We can make it through together. When we believe this and we encourage each other, Oh my gosh, we can get through this and become an overcomer when we remind ourselves of this truth that man or whoever is wanting to harm us, but God wants to make it right through it all. Some days, I don't know where you're at today. Maybe you're an overcomer today and you're like, yeah. Or maybe you're overcome and you're hearing this message like, Josh, I don't feel like that at all. And I'm telling you, I feel more like the one that's overcome right now than the overcomer. But my, my heart and my spirit and all of you, like looking at you right now, we can do this. We can overcome. And in a couple minutes, we're gonna go out these doors and go back to the rest of our lives where we're not together, like ready to encourage each other no matter what. And we need to remember that we are overcomers. We are not we should or we could be, we are overcomers. Just the way you are, you are an overcomer. And we're gonna make mistakes though and we're gonna become overcome. 
But listen to this verse. Everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? The one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. That's who I want to be. That's who you want to be. We want to overcome, not be overcome. And I need you to know that when you gave your life to Jesus, or when you will, I pray that you would, that that's how God sees you. You know, there's a phrase that I like to say, and I say it to myself a lot, that Satan calls us by our sin, even though he knows our name. Jesus knows our sin, but he calls us by our name. He knows everything that you're going through right now, whether it's been done to you or you're doing it yourself, and he still loves you. And he still says, you're gonna overcome this. You're gonna get through this. It's going to get better. We can do this together because greater is he that is in you, in us, than he that is in the world. Would you pray with me? God, I thank you so much for my friends here at Connect. I thank you for the opportunity to look at a a person's life like Joseph and to learn some lessons and ultimately to learn from you, Jesus, that we can overcome because you want to, well, first of all, you already have overcome. And second of all, you wanna keep overcoming the problems that happen in our lives, whether that's been done to us or we do it ourselves. Lord, you wanna help us overcome so that we can see one day like Joseph that even though somebody might have meant it for harm, you meant it for good, and you can use anything because you don't waste a single chapter of our lives. I pray that, that maybe today someone would see for the first time that you really do have a plan for their life and you're not leaving them alone. You're gonna use this for their good. You're gonna use this for my good, Lord. I know it's so hard to believe. But when I see the evidence of the people that have fully committed their lives to you, they see this type of grace that you show them and they say, God, thank you, not for the pain that I went through, but that you walked with me the whole way and the scars that I wear on my body and in my heart, you remind me that you help me through it. God, please bless us this day and help us to be a blessing to those who need to hear this message and for us who need to live it. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.